We're going to get back to the Orlando Magic's 2022 season uh, in the course of this podcast, but the NBA 75 team is out. Shaq, of course, made it. Super happy for Shaq. But no Dwight. I mean, I know Dwight isn't the most popular guy in the world, even here in Orlando, but no Dwight. Yeah, we're going to defend Dwight a little bit here. And we're going to talk a little bit about Jamal Mosley as well. Let's start the Friday show. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed locked on magic. Today is October 22nd, 2021. My name is Philip Ross from Mike. I'm the expert in site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the NBA 75th anniversary team, why the magic were just flat out snubbed in almost every way you could think of. Every, every, every excusable way they could get snubbed. They got snubbed. We'll talk about the case for Dwight Howard to make the NBA 75th anniversary team, as well as Tracy McGrady. A little bit weaker of a case, but certainly one that can be made. We'll talk about that. Plus, why we're so hard on Jamal Mosley after that first game and why he, he is so important to what the Magic are trying to accomplish. And then we'll preview the Magic's game tonight against the New York Knicks as they open up their home season. Before we get to any of that, though, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. But search for Gavin Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen every single day. I know we're coming out a little bit later in the mornings now, so it may not be your first, 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 first listen, but we do appreciate you making us part of your regular podcast rotation, whether you're watch, whether you're watching uh, us, at, uh, whether you're listening to us at lunchtime, whether you're listening to us later on the day, whether you're, whether you're listening to us right now on your way to the Magic game, to the big home opener tonight against New York Knicks. We truly appreciate you listening to us, however you do. You can find us. We're free and available on all platforms where you download podcasts, plus now streaming on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked on Magic is also brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Now, I'm a big NBA history nut. Um, you know, I've, I've read I read the book of basketball by Bill Simmons. I've read Who's Better, Who's Best in Basketball by Elliot Kolb, which Elliot, update that book, my man. Update that book. Um, I, I, I I read Red Arbach's, uh book with John Feinstein. Fantastic stuff. Uh, NBA history is is just fascinating. Even John Feinstein's book, The Punch, was really, really good. I, 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 I'm, I've actually been... I know Kermit Washington's had some some legal issues of late, but I'm really, really happy that like NBA 2K has tried to reclaim Kermit Washington's legacy. And, and it's not just about uh, one horrific night in Los Angeles uh, at this point. But um, I, I'm a big NBA history nut. And so the 75th anniversary season, uh, I am personally really, really excited about. I was excited, you know, when I was much younger for the 50th anniversary season 25 years ago. And boy, do I feel old now being able to say like I've lived through two anniversary, anniversary seasons in the NBA. Um, I was really excited to learn more about NBA history during the 50th anniversary season in 1997. I was eight at the time, so all those names were fairly new to me and, and names I wanted to explore and learn. And I hope that the 75th anniversary season 
does the same for someone in that same situation uh, moving forward, that people watch the unveiling of the 75th anniversary team. You know, I, I, I hope that they're able to bring as many of them together as they can uh, for the all-star game uh, this, this coming year so that they can be properly celebrated uh, in the same way that they celebrated the 50th anniversary team uh, back in 1997 as well. Um, I, I, I really hope that people begin to look into these players and, and learn a whole lot more and that this inspires them. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the list is perfect. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know who should or should not be on the list. Everyone has their own list and ranking or just naming 75 players is really, 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 really tough. So I don't envy the panel for the decisions they had to make, for the players they had to leave off. There are more than 75 great players in NBA history. So uh, I, I don't want to completely denigrate what the what the committee did. And I will fully recognize, as, as was the case 25 years ago, that the league probably made sure to put some modern players in there to keep current fans connected, to say, hey, we expect this guy to be one of the best players of all time. We expect this guy to be one of the great players. You're current, you're watching current greatness. We're not just celebrating our history. We're celebrating our present. You know, seeing Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, James Harden, even Damian Lillard, I'll, I'll make my arguments there. Anthony Davis, make my arguments there as well. Um, seeing them on the list is a confirmation that, that the NBA is in good hands. And honestly, I would agree. The NBA is in fantastic hands right now. Um, we're excited to see what the next generation will bring. Um, did Giannis make the list? I hope he did. Um, we're, we're excited to see what the next generation brings to the NBA so that when we celebrate the 100th anniversary of the NBA in 19, in uh, 2045, 46, um, we will, or 2046, 47, 2046, 47, um, we will all again be celebrating the greatness of this league and, and how much this league has grown and really changed and shaped things. Of course, Shaquille O'Neal was undoubtedly going to make this list. Um, Shaq is easily one of the 10 best players in NBA history. If not, he is right on the outside of that. Um, and, and for Orlando and for Orlando Magic fans, as much as there's been some antipathy and, and, and some rocky times in their relationship, Shaquille O'Neal defined this franchise, defined this organization. Um, the city is not what it is without Shaquille O'Neal. The city is not the, the the growing metropolis. I mean, people thought that Orlando could be could be this kind of growing city. Um, you know, as Pat Williams famously said, uh, or as Pat Williams famously related when he was being driven around Orlando with Jimmy Hewitt, and Pat Williams asked, "Where should we put a team? Miami or Tam Miami, Tampa or Jacksonville?" Jimmy Hewitt famously said, "None of those places." put it in Orlando. Um, the city was growing, that that growth was inevitable. I think Shaq put it on super drive. And I think Shaq um, really gave this city an identity that they hadn't had before. So Shaq 100% on this team, a congratulations to him. Really the, the truly the only magic player on this team. Uh, the other magic alum alums who made the NBA 75th anniversary team or Dominique Wilkins, a huge snub from the 50th anniversary team. Um, Shaq set Shaq, the NBA inside the NBA crew interviewed Wilkins uh, on their broadcast last night, uh, and Shaq uh, Shaq said he he said that he related that he apologized to Dominique Wilkins for making the team over him 25 years ago when it was probably a little premature to put Shaq on that team. Um, I think we I think most of us would agree Shaq was on his way to being one of the 50 best players in NBA history, um, but it, it would have been hard to say that he was there quite yet. He hadn't won a title yet. He'd been to one Finals. Um, so again, I think modern players got a little bit of a leg up, got a little bit of, um, 
a little bit of 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 a pass on some things, and and I think the league wanted to make sure that there were some modern players on the roster. The other Magic alum that made it was Patrick Ewing. Uh, again, Dominique Wilkins, Patrick Ewing, both played their final year with the Orlando Magic. They were not Hall of Fame players at that point, um, but uh, very very happy to see both of them on that list as both are are very very deserving. In the end, though, I think we could sit here and say that the Magic were almost not completely snubbed, obviously but snubbed from this list. Um, look, the Atlanta Magic have existed for only 32 year, 33 seasons. This is their 33rd year right now. Um, they have not won a championship. They've been to two NBA finals, but they have still had some pretty transformative moments in the league. They've had some transformative players. Um, obviously, the, the three big Hall of Famers in Magic history are Shaq, Tracy McGrady, and Grant Hill. Um, you know, they had a few other guys that, that made cameos with the team that made the Hall of Fame. Vince Carter will be in the Hall of Fame. He played a year and a half with the Magic. He was a big snub off this list too. Probably the biggest snub, in my opinion, off this list. Um, and then, of course, um, Dwight Howard will make the Hall of Fame. Uh, according to Basketball Reference, he has a 99.7% Hall of Fame probability. He is a Hall of Fame player. And frankly, Dwight Howard should be among the NBA's top 75 players. I know that Dwight Howard is still not well thought of here in Orlando. Uh, he is not well thought of around the league. Um, that is plainly obvious. He has had a very rocky back half to his to his career. But in his eight seasons with the Magic, he was the most dominant force in the league. He was the most dominant player that everyone had to account for. Even if you want to criticize his offensive game, he put fear into the best offensive players in the league. LeBron James, he did not drive on Dwight Howard. Yes, he had that great 2009 Eastern Conference Finals, but who won the series? In fact, Dwight Howard is, I believe, the only contemporary, you know, sort of all-star player that LeBron James actually faced in the playoffs. He didn't face Kobe. Um, faced in the playoffs and did not beat. Yeah. LeBron James has not beaten Dwight Howard in a playoff series. Um, it He was a truly, truly, truly transformative player. And in fact... The Magic transformed the league in 2009 by winning with three-pointers. By putting Dwight Howard in the middle and surrounding him with four shooters, they dared teams, double Dwight, and see what happens. And that embrace of the three-point line was criticized completely when the Magic were playing. But when they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, when they got to the finals in 2009, they proved that you can win three-point titles. I say this all the time. There is a straight-through line. From the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns to the Orlando Magic to the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors do not happen. Now, Steph Curry is obviously a transformative player, very deserving to be in the top 75 and the NBA 75 anniversary team. Um, but the Golden State Warriors do not happen as a concept, as a legitimate concept, if the Magic don't exist. If that 2009 Magic team was not successful. They were the first team of the, of the more modern era to win with the three-pointer as a primary weapon. And the only way they could do that was with Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard turned a group of very mediocre individual defenders into one of the most disruptive and forceful defensive teams in the league. He was a three-time all-defensive, he was a three-time defensive player of the year, an eight-time all you know, an eight-time all-star. He is, you know, leads the leads the magic in scoring, if I'm not mistaken, still. Um, he was a truly, truly, truly humongous force. Now, you'll obviously say, like, okay, if you're going to put Dwight in, who are you going to take out? Well, Statton's did that work for me. Anthony Davis may one day be one of the 75 best players in the league. But I think in this snapshot, he is not. 
Dwight Howard, again, eight-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defense, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time rebound leader, two-time block leader, an NBA champion with Anthony Davis, of course, in 2020 with the Lakers. 19,000 points, 14,000 rebounds, 2,000 block shots. Wasn't the greatest score, averaging only 18 points per game in his, in his eight years with the Magic, but was an absolute force defensively. Again, that era from you know that era from the mid 2000s into the into the early 2010s, Dwight Howard defined the league as much as anyone. Again, you, you look at the best offensive players, the MVPs of the of the, those eras, LeBron James. Did not drive on Dwight Howard. Derrick Rose, who should not have won his MVP, that was Dwight Howard or LeBron James's MVP, to be perfectly frank, in 2011, did not drive on Dwight Howard. He completely neutralized and, and neutered, essentially, the best players in the league at the time. Now, Anthony Davis is an eight-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defense, three-time block leader, NBA champion, of course, with the Los Angeles Lakers, a much bigger role with that championship team. Again, I'm not here to say Anthony Davis won't one day be considered better than Dwight Howard um, in, in the annals of history. But today, I think that that answer is clearly Dwight Howard. Today, I think that answer is clearly Dwight Howard should be on this NBA 75th anniversary team. Um, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. That's, that's a given. And again, I hope by the time that happens, Dwight is still kicking it. He's playing with the Los Angeles Lakers this year. When that happens, I hope Magic fans completely embrace him and completely embrace it because he will be the first, you know, Shaq got in because of his time with the Lakers. His time with the Magic certainly helped. T-Mac got in as a mixture of his Magic and Rockets time. I would argue if they put jerseys in the Hall of Fame, he'd be in as a Magic player. But, uh, you know, we had this debate with the with the Houston guys back when T-Mac got in. Um, I think you can have that debate. Dwight Howard will unequivocally be the first Orlando Magic Basketball Hall of Famer, unequivocally. And I would continue to argue that when the Magic do retire jerseys, 25 goes first, 32 goes next, then you can do 12 or the ones. Dwight Howard's 12 should be hanging in the Magic's rafters. He will be an Orlando Magic Hall of Famer. Honestly, I would do it the moment he retires. I'd do it the first year after he retires. I'd get him in before he goes into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um Fans should should embrace him and should defend his legacy because it is the legacy of the Orlando Magic, to be perfectly frank. Dwight deserved to be on this team. And I don't think there's much of an argument. Uh, I don't think there's a, a ton of argument beyond before that beyond it. Um, there are some other notable snubs, certainly some other notable Magic snubs. Tracy McGrady, the biggest one, um, two-time scoring champion, averaged, I think it was 28 points per game with the Orlando Magic, including, including a year where he averaged 32 points per game, a two-time scoring champion once again. Biggest knock on him was that he just couldn't get out of the first round. Uh, he did not get out of the first round, did not have any playoff success until the back end of his career when he latched on in the San Antonio Spurs. Um, McGrady certainly in the running, and, and you know you hope that he is still in the running, and people remember his legacy when he gets when we get to the hundred year anniversary team because T Mac is truly one of the most gifted scores in league history. That's my case for Dwight Howard. I think he should be on the seventy fifth anniversary team. I'd love to know what you guys think. Um, you can, of course, tweet tweet us at, at the podcast at Locked on Magic or tweet me directly at philiprr underscore omd. I answered both. Um, we'll, we'll hopefully see Dwight Howard on that 100th anniversary team in 25 years. Hopefully we'll see number 12 in the rafters, certainly uh, in the Magic Hall of Fame. And we're excited to see him in the Basketball Hall of Fame coming up in the next six or seven years probably he'll he'll be he'll be there I, th I think his career is coming coming to a close here pretty pretty soon we'll get back to this year's team talk a little bit about Jamal Mosley and, and why 
there's a lot of expectations and why he is going to be really the center of this team's success this season coming up here in just a moment. But first, this episode of Locked on Magic is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's it's sort of a, a landmark in the community. I remember when I was growing up, um, you know, the Orlando Magic had the Mac Attack, uh, had the Mac Attack promotion. If the Magic scored 110 points, everyone would get a free Big Mac. Um, I remember that was that was really the first and only time I ate a Big Mac. Um, but to me, McDonald's was always a place you went to have fun. Um, I grew up here in Orlando, but my closest McDonald's was the big one on International Drive, right by the, right on Sand Lake Road at International Drive. It had the lar- largest indoor play place in the world. Um, and it was always a place to go have fun, to go watch the moon guy playing on the piano. Yes, they had a really they had an animatronic moon guy. I, I forget that character's name, but it was always a blast to go down the slide, to get a happy meal, to get those toys. McDonald's is a bedrock of our communities. This is it is still the bedrock of our communities today. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say a locked on magic watch party? Well, maybe not because because we take our games seriously. But McDonald's is still the bedrock of your community. A great place to get a fast burger to steal to steal some Wi-Fi. I've done that in the past in my journalism life. Uh, to get a milkshake, to get a McFlurry, to get whatever you need. There's there are great McDonald's, and most of them are flavored to to your community as well. I love going to the McDonald's down by Disney. They have a lot of great Disney mem- memorabilia, and also a, a pretty good play play place too. If I if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've been in a play place. Remember, McDonald's is your place. It's your place to love it. So remember, so, so remember, ba da ba ba ba. They they asked me to do the jingle. I'm sorry. I'm loving it. I'm loving it at McDonald's. Thank you all again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. For your second listen, go check out the NBA Ultimate Insider, the Ultimate Insider NBA Season Preview. Uh, analyzing every team from contender to pretender. It is the biggest and most comprehensive season preview you can find wherever you get your podcast. Check it out today, the Ultimate Insider NBA Season Preview. So let's chat about Jamal Mosley. Um, the, the first game for the Orlando Magic did not go as planned. Um, to say the least, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know if I expected the magic to win that game. I don't know if I expected the magic, um, to, to come out, come out victorious. It's a tough road game. Spurs are, you know, not going to be a great team this year, but they're still a solid team. Greg Popovich is a great coach. Um, but what I did expect was the magic to be pretty well-prepared and ready to play. And indeed their starters play great. So maybe we could take that as, as a little grain of salt that the magic, um, that the magic, you know, played essentially even with the Spurs with their starting group. However, things quickly went off the rails. When the starters came out, the Magic lost their seven-point lead. They fell behind. It, it felt very much like that first that first preseason meeting with the Spurs as well. Uh, and, and very, very quickly, eyes turned to the coach. Look, we've been through rebuilds before here in the very, very recent past. Um, I, I'm, I will sit here and say I think a big reason why that first rebuild failed 
was because the Magic didn't hire the right coach. I called Jacques Vaughn the original sin. I, I It's not that Jacques Vaughn was a bad coach. I didn't think he was ready for the job. It didn't feel like he was ready for the job. And very, very clearly, the Magic never formed an identity, and, and they let go of the rope very, very early. So if we're going to be super critical of the coach, if we're going to be keeping an eye on our coach, it's because we know firsthand how critical that coach is to the first year of a rebuild. Um, it is it is an essential feature. It is an essential facet of this of this team and, and of this group. Um, you have to have a coach who gets players to buy in, who creates this 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 shade or at least this vision of what the team is going to be. In, in my opinion, Jamal Mosley is probably the most important thing to develop this season. The Magic have to have to have a strong run with Jamal Mosley. And Jamal Mosley has to be a big reason why the team is successful. At this point in the season, it feels like they are bought in. Everyone really believes in what Mosley's doing. And, and Mosley seems to have put the right focus. He understands the challenge of the season. No one's willing to put a win-loss record on this season, his predictions. And really, it, it's clear that the Magic are focusing on little victories. They want to get bell-ringing plays, to build up the kind of foundations and building blocks of this team, of a successful team. They want to be a successful team, but they they know they have to kind of do it step by step by step. And, and it may not come with wins this year, but they want to make winning plays. And, and again, I will give Mosley credit. I will give the Magic credit. The problem on Wednesday night was not effort. The Magic were making effort plays. They were getting on the floor. The problem was some attention to detail. The problem was a lack of experience. The problem was a lack of depth. But at the same time, we do have to acknowledge that it did not feel like Jamal Mosley put the Magic in the best positions to succeed. And so again, the focus is going to have to be on the coach. How does the coach adjust to this? How does the coach adjust to things? The Magic's rotation on Wednesday night was a mess. Um, it still felt like Mosley was playing a preseason rotation. He was kind of throwing things against the wall. He had a very short-handed roster. He was trying to kind of limit limit stretches for some players. Even even Jalen Suggs, I think, was very clearly on something of a minute restriction. Um, Wendell Carter, I think, was... It, it really does seem like looking at Wendell Carter's minute distribution that Mosley was trying to save him a little bit for the fourth quarter. And since the game was out of hand in the fourth quarter, Wendell Carter didn't play enough. He only played 19 minutes in the game. Um, and so the, the time that, he, that, that Mosley was saving him for just never came to be never came to pass. And, and and so Carter ended up on the short end of the minute stick, which was a bad thing because Wendell Carter's their best player. The rotation plan on Wednesday was a mess. Um, and again, some of it might've been the, the curveball with Gary Harris uh, being, being scratched. Um, he is going to be out for tonight's game against the Knicks as well. Um, a lot was thrown at a rookie coach, just like a lot was thrown at a young, young roster and a young team and nobody handled it very well. Um, I would hope that Mosley has a, a better uh, and more defined rotation, a more defined plan coming up for tonight's game against the Knicks. But everything's a learning experience for everyone, and that includes the coach. But at the end of the day, whether the Magic are successful or not, whether the Magic are able to accomplish the things that they want to accomplish, will come down to their coach. Can Jamal Mosley get players to buy in? During a four or five game losing streak, and frankly, you know, the Magic have some difficult games coming up here. They uh, obviously they get the Knicks tonight. They get the Knicks Sunday again. They get the Heat on Monday. Really tough back to back. This this team, you know, the Hornets on Wednesday is a tough game. They go to Toronto. 
uh, on fri- next Friday. Um, that feels more winnable than some of these other games, but the Magic are going to start off really slow. Um, we knew that. The schedule was set up that way. Um, we felt like the Magic probably had to get some wins in this early part of the season and this first two weeks of the season, which are always a little bit of a crapshoot. Um, being injured isn't helping things. Uh, but Mosley's going to have to find a way to keep this team together, keep this team focused on the right things, and find little victories. And then figure out how to build those little victories into actual wins, into actual victories. It's not going to be easy. Um, everyone is happy and excited when it's the preseason, at the beginning of the season when you're 0-0, zero and zero, when the whole future is in front of you. But Mosley has to be successful. Um, I'm so optimistic about it. Uh, I was... Not super happy with what I saw Wednesday. I felt like the team was a little bit unprepared, a little maybe too focused on themselves. Um, you know, again, just kind of dealing with that pressure, dealing with being sped up. Uh, the Magic lacking a veteran certainly did not help things. So the Magic were just behind the eight ball completely on, on Wednesday night. Um, it was just a, a cascading effect of disasters. Um, and that included having a rookie coach, you know, managing a rotation, managing a team, managing a game for the first time. And it's good to have a long-term vision, but you still need to get some short-term gains too. At the end of the day, the Magic's success will be Jamal Mosley's success. Whether the Magic accomplish the things they want to accomplish, whether they build the identity they want to build, will be on Jamal Mosley. Like I've said, I, I'm not ex- I'm not judging the season by wins and losses. I don't care how many games the Magic win. I, I'd like them to be more than 20. I'd like them not to be the worst team in the league, but that may be what this team is. What's more important is that the Magic establish who they are, the team they want to be. They they can see clearly the team they're going to be when they are successful. That's what the Magic need to accomplish this year. And yes, the personnel is going to matter. They need players on the floor. They need Jamal Mosley to carve out that vision. And obviously, one game, we should not rush to judgment on anything after one game. Everyone's going to adjust. Everyone's going to calm down. Magic may surprise people tonight. Who knows? There's certainly going to be a lot of motivation to play well tonight. Um, But Mosley's going to have to be the definition of success. Because if Mosley fails, this whole thing fails. We'll talk a little bit more about tonight's game coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's even special flavors currently out. I think they got some Halloween flavors. I got a Halloween sample pack. Um, yes, they have a pumpkin flavor. This is fall. Deal with it. It's okay. Um, but they also have, have their great traditional flavors. You can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine regularly available flavors like cookies and cream, orange, double chocolate, or raspberry. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Check out the macros on these. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. The Orlando Magic have their home opener tonight against the New York Knicks. Should be uh, an interesting game. The Knicks, um, with a with a crazy double overtime victory over the uh, over the Boston Celtics on Wednesday. Just a, 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 a just a, just a crazy, crazy, crazy game 
for the Knicks. Um, they, it felt like they were in control for most of it. Jalen Brown went off to, to bring the Celtics back into it. Some crazy shot making from Boston late to, to tie that game uh, and get it to double over, get it to overtime and then double overtime. Evan Fournier with 30, 30 point game uh, for the Knicks. Everyone seems really, really happy about that. Um, obviously, the Magic will be a different challenge. Um, I would say this I think, you know, I watched a little bit of that game. New York definitely, the, you know, we know New York's going to be a really solid defensive team. Um, you know, Tom Thibodeau teams are always going to be solid defensively. It, it feels like they're still kind of getting their, their legs under them defensively with so many new players. Um, but that team is a lot more dynamic offensively. Um, you know, kind of my playoff lesson from the Knicks last year was that defense alone can get you in the playoffs, but defense alone can't win in the playoffs. Um, I think New York did a really good job adding in Kimball Walker, adding in Evan Fournier, really boosting their offense, especially among their starters, which we know Tom Tippo is going to play a ton anyway, um, really boosting their starters uh, and giving their team uh, a real chance to, to kind of take that next step up uh, in the Eastern Conference pecking order. I mean, are they there? I think they still need some better top-end talent, but Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett are still really exciting young players. Evan Fournier, you know what you're getting from him. Kimball Walker, you know what you're getting from him too. Uh, I, I think that this will be a really interesting matchup just because you know the, the, their guards are still good, but less athletic dynamic. This isn't going to be a super athletic team. So I think the Magic's athleticism can play a role, uh, can play a much better role here. The Knicks are a little shorthanded at center right now without uh, Nerlens Noel and uh, without Nerlens Noel in the lineup. So Mitchell Robinson's been starting at center. I think that that's going to allow the Magic to go with their two big lineup pretty consistently with Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba. So I think that matchup is a pretty strong one for Orlando. I think Orlando is going to have have good have a good matchup there. And I'm really excited to see Wendell Carter take on Julius Randle, whose game has really expanded, of course, over the last year or so. Um, it's going to be a tough game, no doubt. The Knicks are a really, really good team. Um, they're 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 tough out. They're a tough team to face. Uh, and the Magic will have a challenge. Um, the Magic have got to be more solid defensively. Um, I think we all saw their half court their half court defense was pretty good. Um, I really did like the Magic's half-court defense. When they were able to get set, they were they were able to really slow the Spurs down uh, and really make things difficult. But they got to lock down the, the offensive glass. If the Magic give up a ton of offensive rebounds, they're going to lose this game. Um, plain and simple, and they'll probably get embarrassed again. Um, they got to limit their turnovers. I think the Knicks will, you know, they'll play physical, but they're not a team that's gunning for turnovers in the way that the Spurs the Spurs were. So if Orlando can protect the ball, limit those, uh, limit those unforced turnovers, they'll have a chance. They'll have a shot. Um, you know, I think New York, I think New York obviously, I think New York obviously is gonna New York obviously kind of stepped up a level for their for their first game. I think they'll come back down. Obviously, a big game, rival Celtics, home again, home at the garden. You know, I think the Magic will have a little bit of energy. They'll be trying to prove themselves a little bit after Wednesday's game. So I think this is a game that that the Magic do have. If the of the two games the Magic are playing against the Knicks tonight and Sunday, this is the game that I think the Magic have a chance of winning. But the Magic are going to have to play significantly better. They have to play significantly cleaner. They just were not very good. And the depth is an issue. The depth is a real issue. The Magic, I think I think Jamal Mosley, again, we're, we talked about those rotations. The Magic have to mix their lineups a little bit better. The starting unit was good. The starting unit was fine. I don't have the lineup data in front of me. But they, to my eye, they at least broke even. Um, and, and that's a start. You want your starting unit to win, obviously. But you know when you lose by 27 points or 26 points, whatever it was, um, and your starting unit breaks even, you can live with that. You're, you, you're, you're doing okay. Not great, you're doing okay. Um, but uh, I think that the Magic have to mix their starters a little bit more little bit more throughout the lineup. They need better balance. The balance was just completely off on Wednesday, and that's why the bench just got just completely housed and and eventually just 
the lead. They, they gave up a big lead. They got down to 10. They, they brought it back to within some more manageable deficit. And then they got just smoked in the third quarter. And it was just too late to do anything at that point. So the Magic have to limit these runs. You know, maybe Mosley has to keep a little bit of a tighter leash and rely, lean on his starters a little bit more to start the season. Um, but it, it's really difficult with all the injuries the Magic have faced. Um, I see a couple comments here uh, now since I'm doing this live. Um, just a quick news note here. Um, E2 says, surprise Chuma isn't available tonight. Um, uh, so, you know, a couple couple comments actually about Chuma Kiki. Chuma Kiki is out tonight. Um, he has been officially ruled out. It does sound like he is pretty close. He was practicing with the team. Uh, Jeff Waltman said earlier in the week that it's more about rebuilding his conditioning at this point. Uh, I am not so surprised Chuma's out. It really does feel like the Magic are being super cautious with injuries. Whether you want to say that's a tanking issue or not, I will leave that up to you. Um, but in a season where wins and losses aren't super important, I'd rather have guys healthy. I'd rather have guys who are playing be able to play for the rest of the season. I don't want any setbacks. I don't want any guys like kind of starting and stopping. There's no reason for that this year. Now, the depth is a real issue. I would like to see Chumo Kiki back sooner than later. Um, but apparently this was a bone bruise. This wasn't just a typical bruise, you know, that you that you get when you bump your hip against the table. This was a pretty deep bruise. Uh, and your hip is pretty important for stability. So if, you know, you come back too soon from that, um, you could call, have some other problems. You could have a sprain that you could roll an ankle. You could you could have some other issues. So um, I think the magic, I think the magic being cautious here um, is the right move. It does sound like Okiki's pretty close to coming back. Um, so hopefully we'll see him back here very, very soon. Uh, I'd like to see him back within the next week. Um, but obviously we're not privy to all the medical information, so I don't want to rush a player back uh, with medic. I mean, I know people criticize me this sometimes, but with medical issues, I will defer to the team. I'm not going to, I don't have all the information. I don't have the ability to look at his charts and say, oh, well, he's clearly hurt. He's clearly faking it or not, not, not as hurt as they say. Um, yeah, I think the Magic are being Overly cautious is part of maybe a tank, maybe an early tank job. The Magic are better off taking early than later this year because their schedule is significantly easier on the back end. And I think they want to go into the offseason with some momentum um, that their young group is figuring things out. So I, I think if, you know, again, if you're purposefully trying to lose, do it early in the season rather than late this year. Um, but uh, but I do think that Okiki, that, that there is a real issue with Okiki. And I do think the Magic are right to be cautious because you want Okiki playing the entire season. You don't want him playing two games, stopping because he re-aggravated it, um, sitting out another week and a half, and then starting again, starting up again. Um, Court Cousins asking us, is this a revenge game for Fournier? Is he going to torch us or are Franz be able to lock him down? Um, I think Franz Wagner is going to give him some problems, obviously, but um, you know, Fournier is going to take advantage of a rookie. Fournier's played the magic already. Um, he they came, they came to Orlando with Boston. Um, I don't think there's any ill feelings, but you know, I'm sure Evan Fournier wants to play well uh, back at the Amway Center. I'm sure it's a familiar haunt, and he's coming off a really good game. He is feeling pretty good at, at that. Um, I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in, Himmel, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore me. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We want to thank you all again for making Lockdown Magic part of your regular podcast rotation, your first listen, whatever number we are on your list. We'll be back again Monday to recap the Magic's games against New York Knicks. Look ahead to the Magic's game against the Miami Heat as well. So go make your second listen today, Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms. 
plus streaming as well on YouTube where you can find this podcast as well. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rothman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.